This week on the Back Table Podcast. Now, because of the of the social media, we can we can go worldwide simply by staying behind of a laptop. All you need to do is to is to be credible. Your credibility is important. It doesn't matter that the 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 tools you you're using. The most important thing is now is is the idea and the information you're providing and your credibility. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backtable ENT podcast, where we discuss all things ENT. We bring you the best and brightest in our field with the hope that you can take something from our show to your practice. My name is Gopi Shaw, and I'm a pediatric ENT here in Dallas, Texas. And I have a very special guest today, all the way from Italy. I have Dr. Puya Degani Mubaraki. He's an otolaryngologist specializing in rhinology and skull base surgery at the Gubbio Galdo Tadino Hospital and the University of Perugia in Italy. He is the founder of Naso Sano International Grand Rounds, a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to bringing the best and brightest in otolaryngology to the world. Welcome to the show, Puya. Thank you, Gopi. Hello, everyone. Puya, first tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice. Thank you for inviting me. Um, let me do a quick reminder to who I am and uh, how everything started. I'm a 39 years old. I'm a father of uh, Ginevra nine years old, brilliant princess. I'm living in Italy. I travel the world for my preparation and uh, for my degrees. I've been uh, practicing for a period of my time in uh, London, Varese, Iran, and in the U.S. at UCLA. And uh, I'm actually coming, came back in my hometown, which is uh, Perugia, and uh, which is part of the Umbra region. It's a small region in uh, in the middle of Italy, pretty good place to live, I guess, not a very quiet one. And I'm working in a hospital, I'm a consultant uh, rhinologist uh, in a um, hospital, which is a regional center of cystic fibrosis and uh, from our region and is the, the central hospital for the cystic fibrosis patient. That's awesome. Um, I've been to Perugia once uh, in college and I remember it for its chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I loved it because it was just this beautiful, you know, smaller city um, right outside of Rome and it had great chocolate and it was so magical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I wanted to talk to you today about Nasosano. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So Nasosano is an association, a nonprofit station. I registered the association back in 2015. The idea of uh, founding out a nonprofit association was based uh, on my knowledge of what is actually the nonprofit. A nonprofit means that you want to give the possibility of providing your knowledge to the people and help the, the people, not only on based on, on medicine, but also you know helping people in uh, providing them consultancy and also if you can help the people that are all, of course suffering from diseases that in your field also not only on uh, on the medicine care but also on helping them on a daily basis which means that all the people that are involved in the association are helping the people bring in medicine bring in stuff that they need and 
home care and all this. And the, the idea behind that was also based on the fact that in, in, back then, I wasn't able to travel worldwide for conferences or, or having the possibility to travel to get my knowledge of all the, of the medicine or, or all the rhinology stuff that we handle every day. So I, then I thought that, all right, I, I was coming back from Africa for a period of my time when I was providing uh, consultancy in Africa for poor people. And then I decided to build something that was free available for everyone. So that's, that's the idea behind Nazosano. I discussed that when I was part of the Varese during my residency in Varese under Paolo Castanuovo, my mentor. I've asked him the, the you know, the benediction to provide or build something like this, uh, free for everyone, uh, something that would help future juniors in their daily practice to build hospital worldwide. And he, he was pretty happy about this. And he said, yeah, I really want to want you to do something for the future for the juniors. And that's the idea behind that. In 2015, we registered this. And during the last seven years, I think that we accomplished a lot of things, partnership with the European Rhinologic Society Juniors. We're providing grants every year during the European Rhinology Society meetings. We also providing not only grants, but also providing the possibility for the juniors to make their dreams come true. If they want to go for a fellowship in, in Europe, we can assist them. And, and also we organized more than six international meetings. And since four years now, we providing live ground rounds every two weeks, which are available for everyone, no registration. You, you've been part of this, so you know how has it going. It's very simple to join. And uh, yeah, that's basically what it is. If you want to know what's the next, what I want for the association is to provide a, a base in a, in a Middle East, probably in a third world countries and providing them the facilities for juniors to come and um, in hospitals and, uh, you know, assist people for free and doing, during their practicing, spend two or three weeks of their time to provide their knowledge to the, to the people that really need this. Yeah, no, I think that's amazing. I love it because like you said, it's time, money, knowledge, and bringing the community together to make a better you know, future for our field and uh, specialty. And you're right, I was fortunate. I got to get connected with you through uh, Jibian Lee, right? Our colleague yeah. at UCLA, she's awesome. And, you know, I was like, oh my God, this is such a cool opportunity. And um, here it is, this virtual live grand rounds that's international. When I was able to do my talk, it was questions from a, a colleague in Brazil to a colleague in, you know, Amsterdam. And I'm just sitting here just like, wowed by the fact that, hey, this dialogue is actually happening around the world. Um, but let's back up for a second. So you said Nasociano has, tell me a little bit more. So it has grants for um, trainees and colleagues. Yeah. It also has meetings. Can we get a little bit into sort of um, the exact uh, services, I guess, that Nasociano provides? So in regards to grants, every year, different societies which are collaborating with the Association of the Sano, which are actually now European Rheumatologic Society Juniors, the IACI Juniors, the Wurzel Base Foundation, and the Italian Academy of Rhinology. In every single 
addition of their national uh, conferences, we're trying to establish uh, a connection through which we can provide grants, which are not money grants, but we aim to provide them everything that they do need for their practices. The last year, for example, what we provided was uh, a complete stress instrument kit for everyone joining not only the Congress or the conference, but also a special session dedicated to this uh, established connection between, for example, Nazosano and European Rheumatologic Society. So involving the juniors, I think that is very, very important by now. Everything that has been established was established from people that were junior at that time. And they establish a good connection between their own. If we don't do it in the future, every society will decline for a while. So, so what we can do now is trying to make more affordable and also joinable every single session. What we can see, what, what I can tell you now is that I was part of the European Rheumatology Society Junior Boards back then when we established this. It was back then in 2012. And I can tell you how much change I've seen through the every single year during this time that I can tell you that now every of every session by the juniors is more interesting than the, the than the main one is because the the partnership that we made and the confidence and the you know the the web that we made between all these juniors is so well and it's so good that the that asking the juniors what what you want to learn during every session so we providing them the possibility to interact between each other so now that we know what they want and what's their need we can give them a better education interaction and then every single conference we provide them the possibility to say okay you have done your your research you applying for a grant so make sure that what you want for the future is something that we know that you want. It's not only, you know, the research from, the, from your uh, academy, from your university, it's also what you want. And, and we ask them for every participant to say, okay, w- what you want to do for your future so we can you know, interact with them and tell them, okay, if you want this, you want to do this in the future, it's going to be your private practice, you want to do, you want to be part of the academy then we can tailor this up. For example, we're not only providing instruments, we can also provide dissection courses, books, or training time, or uh, provide them the possibility to interact between uh, different society. We, we know how, how difficult it is trying to establish a good position in the Europe, especially, for example, for fellowship. There's very, very few fellowships in Europe. And, and we, you know, with a bridge between your position and the next position. So that's that the thing that is working by now. And I think that what we have done now is establishing a very, very good position. And, uh, you know, the solid grounds that, that every, you know, academy, association, foundation wants. Yeah. No, I think it's awesome. You know the credibility that 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 you that you deserve needs to be established on a solid ground. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And I love that it's where do you, how are you going to apply it? You've done all this stuff. Where do you see yourself in the future and how can we help you apply that? Yeah, for sure. It makes it more meaningful. So in terms of the live green rounds, is that sort of your uh, baby in this? Um, Because I think you you organize it, you host it. Tell us um, a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I've also involved other fellows. Uh, for example, that I forgot to tell you, we also providing fellowship. I have I have a fellow now, Ashes AD. She's a uh, half Persian, as I'm Persian too. But I I live in Italy. I was born in Italy by my my parents are Persian. She's half Persian and half Indian, and she applied for a fellowship, and and she was surprised by the fact that I was replying to a juniors because. If you're looking from outside, I'm always inviting giants from from our ENT, you know, societies. But this is not what I want. I want everyone be able to talk, interact, and be involved. And she was quite nice, and she applied. And she said, you know, I I, I did this, I did that. I have this interest. I was fascinated. I said, okay. Send me your CV. If we interested, I can try to, you know, it's always kind of like, you know, finding money to provide grants and stuff like this. But but now she's a fellow. And um, when I decided to do the ground rounds, I, I know that the main uh, struggle that I would front would be the organization. It's not having people. It's organizing. As you're doing now, for example, what time is now in in your at your site <laughs> it's 10 45 in the morning central louisiana time or texas time yeah. excuse me yeah so see it's sunday you spending your time 10 o'clock in the morning i'm i'm due i'm here at six o'clock in the afternoon organizing things like this worldwide is difficult because of the t- different timeline I sent you a WhatsApp, remember yeah. before mine, because I was so worried about, we had set, just set our clocks back. I didn't want to not know what time it was there. I knew it was, you know, uh, 7 a.m. Central European time or, you know, whatever. And I'm just sitting here like, I don't know what time I'm supposed to be on. I don't want to miss it. <laughs> yeah. And, and that organization side is very, very important so that you make sure, especially when it's light. When it's live and you have appointment and you have everything set down, even two minutes can make change like this. And and as you know, we we go in live in every single social media platform. So if you're failing that, you will lose your audience. And it's right. all about the audience. And and then you know it's very important to have that on site. Yeah, the reason why I'm doing this by my own now is because I think that I need some more time before having someone else apply. And also, another reason for this is that not everyone want to appear in front of everyone. And and the reason for this is because, you know, they're scared of failing, they they scared of, you know, saying something they do don't they don't know. Because behind this, for example, in my situation, there are six years of, you know, organization that somebody else don't know and they don't want to fail. It's, 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 you know, of course it's normal, but at the same time, I wish I can find someone that can take care of this because I will, we will not be here forever. And, and what I want is to bring something to somebody else and he can bring it 3.0, you know, it's, I did it 2.0. I want somebody <laughs> to make it 3.0. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And you're right. 
on average, uh, Puya, how many uh, people log on to the talks? What's the range? So thank God that we have technology. Three years ago, we were not able to understand how many people were uh, connecting simultaneously. Now we do have this. We, we know how many people connecting, what time, female, male, all this information that we're not, it's not important to me, but at the end, you, you're going to look at this and you're going to say, okay, we can improve this and can prove that. A median of connection, I can tell you between 400 minimum to 1,000. It wow. depends a lot on, on time. It depends on the day that you're providing this. We're doing this every two weeks, three weeks uh, now because of the pandemic. Of course, everyone knows about, you know, Zoom. It's, I don't have conflict of interest. We pay our monthly fee for Zoom. But now <laughs> everyone, every, everyone, you know, they, they got used to it. Three, four years ago, it was something, you know, the people that couldn't imagine about this. But back then, I thought to myself, how can we provide the best information for everyone by just clicking it, you know, a button, connecting the one that is from Africa, someone from India, someone from Russia, someone from simultaneously. This is so good. I loved it. The technology that we have, we can use it. And and I can tell you that the most views that I had wasn't was not based on on the on the guest. It was based on the subject, and the subject means a lot. For example, emergency, how to deal with emergency, and that resembled the need of the of the of the listener, and that means that the listener to our podcast or to not our podcast to the live round rounds are usually juniors. They want to know something, and they want to know how to deal with something that is. You know, daily practice. How can I deal with this? How can I deal with that? And this is this is something that I want to do in the future. Of course, switching out from surgery, now I turn into different talks, biology, anatomy. And I think that the more advanced we go, we will shift from surgery to something else. And I, I would love to not only have ENT, you know, listener, yeah, apply it to other fields for sure. <laughs> so just kind of going back. So we talked about having an audience of 400 to 1,000 people, depending on time of day, topic. What platforms do you stream it on? So is this um, the live Instagram or? Well, no, um, the problem with Instagram, we, we try to make it work with Instagram. Uh, the problem with Instagram is that it's um, you can't connect other social media platforms simultaneous with, with Instagram and uh, and also Instagram needs you to um, allow the, the reader or, or to the listener to to the guest to, to you know click the button and there's a lot of process that is can be connected through the same platform that you're using for example to connect YouTube and Facebook so of course we know that I know that that Instagram could be part of the future but for now, what we sharing mainly is, is Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. For those who don't know, Twitch is not something that it's, uh, you know, used 
from a normal, how to say, scientific audience. It's more on a game things, but there's a lot of content that you can use and you can, you know, you can share through Twitch. It's a pretty, pretty interesting, you know, um, platform to use. Yeah. And then after it's live or during the live, it's recorded. And then yeah. you're able to then put that on YouTube for people to then check out again or check out as of new. Yeah. Everyone missing every podcast can go through YouTube, watch it again. There's the possibility to reshare this. There's the possibility to uh, get linked between every single videos to another videos and connection from uh, let me let me tell you this from May. We will be able to have a special link from a single video which uh, you are watching and the link will get you directly to the to website connected uh, with the guest speaker. So oh, wow. if he or she is from a special university, we establish a connection through which uh, uh, the, the reader can get more information to him or the same the same link will get you through his uh, or her publication because we we know we have a lot of people a lot of uh, you know speakers that have peer review publication and you can go and just check them or if there's any connection through that specific talk you can get and pick up your um a special edition of 10, 20 different articles from the same topic. Of course, this is a, is a, is a selection of articles, not, not only from him or her, but will get you directly to get more information to that topic. Not only from him or her, but in that specific talk, we, it's going to be linked to that. So it's, it's kind of a up-to-date connection which is going to be updated every year. So wow. it's not going to be, it's not going to stay there and, and it's going to be like that forever. If we are going to provide the best up-to-date material for any systematic reviews coming out, you will check that in the future. You will have the new version of it. Yeah. So it, I would, that's going to require probably a team, I would imagine, to keep that yeah. up-to-date and going. Have you already started building that team? Yeah. And is that some of the juniors or how do you, uh, how, how do you make, who's part of the team? Some of the people are, are scientists. Some of the mm -hmm. others not. They're just, uh, you know, technician, friends, collaborators that are, you know, part of the association. Uh, I told you before, it's not only the people that are from the scientific community, but also, you know, normal people that would like to collaborate and provide their help for a better future. This is, this is something that we all need to get done together. And then just in terms of um, finding your topics, you said a lot of the juniors will kind of give you suggestions or recommendations. Is that... And then you kind of, is that sort of during the live chat, people will say, hey, you know, Dr. Mobaraki, can we talk about this next time? Or, hey, what about this? And then how do you find your uh, guests? I feel like with podcasting for me, especially the first year, it's my network, right? It's who I know. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then as things kind of, you know, you talk to other people or people reach out to you, that's where sort of the topics that aren't necessarily just important to me, but to others. And then there's other guests that your network continues to expand. And then before you know it, you have, you know, you've made these really cool connections that you wouldn't have before. 
So suggestions coming from a relationship that you built and the need of this relationship is because I want to learn. It's not that something that I already know. I need to get information from you. I need to get in contact with you and know your opinion. And knowing each other needs will bring this to something that we can provide to others. If we just listening to ourselves, it's, it's not going to make it happen sometimes. What we need is to listen to the other's need. And not only from colleagues, you really need to listen to, to the community. Since we are providing information and service to the community, we also need to let them know we're listening to you. And that's, and that's why I'm, I'm telling you, we, we not only for the medical community, we are for the community. So I, I was I'm working in a hospital, which is the Stan, Regional Center for Cystic Fibrosis. And I know I have a lot of family members that they want to know more. And they do know now that there are up-to-date things going on that they can listen to this and they can get information. So that's why we did twice a cystic fibrosis uh, talk. Cystic fibrosis is something that is in development every year. We have new things every year. So why can't we provide this to everyone? So this is, this is one. And then anatomy. I've, I, I came from a place where, you know, Varese is one of the temple in, in worldwide for uh, skull base surgery, rhinology, maestro, and the other team were always so much focused on, on, on uh, dissection courses. And, and I know that dissections now are, are available for everyone. But back then, in 2012, 2013, very few places in Europe were, uh, you know, uh, were you know, allowed to do dissection courses. Now I am part of uh, a dissection lab in in Perugia. We're doing uh, dissection courses too, and I do know that the the, the importance of dissection courses in anatomy is key. Everyone want to learn about anatomy. In the U.S., probably is different. Dissection courses is a part of your training. And you're doing this, and you know, every every month, every two weeks. I don't know about you, but in Italy, we're not allowed to do this, and we were not allowed to place uh, to you know to perform dissection courses. You know, in the whole nation, we were we we had to take our you know flights, go somewhere else, Pescalino. I mean, a lot of places in Portugal or or in Austria. But now we can do it, and and I can tell you that dissection courses are very you know interactive activities, not only for for the juniors, but also for the you know the more let's say older uh, oh, faculty sure. member to make an action. Why can't we provide dissection you know videos for our for our, for the uh, for our listener to to the people that are watching us? So that's why I decided to do a special section for dissection, for um, uh, anatomical dissection videos. And also now I can tell you that we have an audience of people that are very, very much interested also in uh, other specialties. Like, for example, uh, music and um, how to say microbiota. 
or uh, uh, music and relationship with sleep disorders. So all these interesting connections that, that are not very, very from our specialty, but somehow we can use those information to grow and to make, you know, a step forward for our, you know, just for enjoying the, the a talk or some, spend some time together. Yeah, I, I'm not a... I'm not a huge fan of just you you know go straight for for medicine. I also love yeah. to join other stuff too. Yeah, no, I I think that makes a lot of sense, and that's kind of how we get some of the other perspectives. I'm listening to your podcast. You're not always talking about medicine, so I enjoy no. that too. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that you know there's your clinical practice only gets richer when you can sort of think outside the box and get other perspectives and also understand other parts of life, right? Um, whether it's communication, professionalism, teaching, whatever it is, there's always much more uh, for sure that makes it makes your understanding better. Um, you talked about now you, you have a better idea of who's listening, your audience in terms of demographics. Where do you find, where are your listeners? Like, do you find, is it mostly still in Europe? Do you feel like there's more, because uh, that day we had questions from a colleague again in South America and Brazil, and I'm just sitting here like, oh my God, this is so cool. Um, where are your listeners from? So that, that's a good part. That's a good question. I decided initially to involve guests from different, you know, countries, not only in Europe. That established a connection, a, you know, a local connection. So the first listener were the people that were, you know, invited from the, from the speaker. After three, four years, when you establish this, it's like, how to say, in, in, in Italian, it's like passaparola. It's like, I'm talking to you and you give this information to somebody else. You know, it's uh, all about, you know, a circle of people that you have around you. But now everyone knows that we're providing this. It's not a, it's not a new stuff. The audience got used to this. I love this. One, once you got friendly and you, and you think that it's, an, it's a normal activity that's going on, you can establish now that you can redefine borders, uh, reshape, and get better ideas about this. The listeners that we have, fortunately, are from every single side of the world. I'm fascinated. Uh, I, once I have uh, the university of uh, two university connected. One was from Tahiti. The other one was uh, from uh, Nigeria simultaneously. And they were interacting with each other. And I, I stopped. Uh, I remember the talk they have was with Joao from, from Brazil. And he was doing uh, otology, otology dissection, you know, videos and explanation yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And they were talking to each other and say, wow, listen to this. This is so good. I love this because we have two uh, different universities talking to each other, not talking with us, like, you know, establishing connection between each other in the social media on Facebook. And they were talking to each other, not even listening to us anymore. And they were, you know, establishing a connection for their residents. And that's what I want is, you know, being a place for a talk and, you know, changing opinion, their opinion, and then go back to the, to the main, you know, topic. And, and yeah, the, the community that we have, I think it's worldwide. We have people from Russia, 
Japan, the Japanese community, I love them. Yeah. Japanese community. So Japan, uh, Australia, uh, Kazakhstan, India, Pakistan, uh, Nigeria, Congo, uh, Madagascar, South Africa, all of the places from Europe. And I got Venezuela, Cambodia. But I remember that uh, two of those three um, colleagues from Cambodia were connected because we made the service at nine o'clock Italian time. Otherwise, they were not able to connect. It's impossible yeah. to them. And they were actually early in the morning. So I say, wow, you connected early in the morning, like five o'clock in the morning? Yeah. And so how do you, if people want to find out about the Naso Sano upcoming Grand Rounds or when they are, the time, the topics, how do they, how do you advertise it or how do you get the word out? How do you um, let people know what's coming up and when? Uh, this still the weakness that we have. Because we don't have a, we're just using social media. And okay. it's, or, or we're using social media from our partners. For example, now we, we had a session with the new elected president of the European Academy of Facial Therapy Surgery, Rishi. Uh-huh. And their junior society, they just made up a, a new, you know, a section of the European uh, uh, Academy. So they made the announcement through their platform. And that's the word going everywhere. Uh, we're trying to establish a newsletter. So if anyone would like to join, I think that the best thing to do is um, to join the social media and, you know, look out through the website. The, the website that we do have now are, is having some issues. So we're trying to you know, uh, reconnect and remove some bugs that we had. But otherwise, uh, you can connect uh, through our social media like Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, you just type Association Associazione Nazosano on YouTube or Facebook and on Instagram. Or I can make, uh, you can, you know, connect through my uh, social media. I think that, you know, it's funny because a lot of people are saying that I'm a, a social how to say addicted or probably yes. uh, influencer or something like this because I'm using social media a lot. Right. So they got, they, they knew about this uh, through my social media platform. Okay. I don't know about you, but I love social media somehow. <laughs> uh, so I think for, for back table and podcasting for work, I like it because I think that it does allow for, like you said, community building and being able to connect with, the residency in Nigeria and Tahiti and for yeah. for me personally to be able to meet you Puya so for yeah I think from that standpoint I think it's helpful which leads me to my next question um you know where do you see medical education going especially um uh, post covid and when there are such great other platforms such as Nezusano and YouTube so let me tell you if it wasn't for social media the pandemic would would have not the same address. I can tell you from my experience, of course, that is something that has nothing to do with association, but somehow is also have to do. If it wasn't for, for association of the Sano and the, and, the, and the relationship that I built during this time, we wouldn't be able to have the, the possibility to interact with the WHO for the smell and taste disorders. The audience might don't know, but I was one of the first frontline doctors to 
talk about anosmia back then in, in early March because I was suffering from that one. And if it wasn't because of social media, the people were not able to know about that. And the credibility that I had at that time made the statement that I made through the association credible. Imagine it's it's something that some sometimes you need to understand outside of the box. Imagine this, 2020, the pandemic were not you know, reached to, the, to that point of, you know, huge announcement. And the WHO were not even made the statement of pandemic. And me, living in a small city in, in Italy, announcing everyone, I'm suffering from anosmia. I do think that I got COVID. Be careful because you might get it because, because of the aerosols. And, and two days after, Michael Ksidakis from the Department of Defense of the United States called me back and said, oh, we heard about you because of Zara and Claire Hopkins and blah, blah, blah. So now I was like, wow, you got all this information like in one day? How can you have those information? And social media made that possible. Yeah. Immediately. Years ago. And we made this statement on the Lancet, Okay. If you're going back to the history of Lancet, the correspondence from Lancet were actually letters written from scientists and doctors sent, written and sent to the journal. And then the journal's credibility can, you know, can share this opinion with the, with the readers. Lancet made it huge after a short period of time, they were pressing this information or their, you know, you know, journals inside of their of their field. And then after years, this became huge. Now, because of the of the social media, we can we can go worldwide simply by staying behind of a laptop. All you need to do is to is to be credible. Your credibility is important. It doesn't matter that the 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 tools you're you're using the most important thing is now is, is the idea and the information you're providing and your credibility. The fact that you're using now a podcast for a lot of our, you know, colleagues would be over, you know, would appear strange. Say, okay, you know, everyone is doing podcast. I don't think it's the right term to be like, or to be addressed like everyone is doing this. Right. Everyone is doing a lot of stuff. Everyone nowadays, the difference between this and the other stuff is the consistency. And I admire you that you're doing this technically every single time and practicing to make it better. So where I would be in the future or what I would like to have in the future is to have a platform for everyone and to share those information, which is which are not only information based on on science, but more on credibility and two ideas. And where we going in the future is, uh, I can tell you now that uh, I would like to have uh, some discussion with. Uh, I can It's not about po- politics, but it's going to be more on uh, humans' rights and to gender differences. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I think that, um, I, unfortunately, in, uh, there's a lot of 
politics for still involved with gender care, which is very sad personally. But I, I think that as physicians, our job is to take care of our patients and understand our patients. And the more that we have in that dialogue and understand some of the, you know, clinical consensus statement that organizations like WPATH and our Endocrine Society, our American Pediatrics, American Psychiatric Association, those recommendations are there. The studies are there. The dialogue, I think, for a topic like, uh, you know, gender affirming care is actually very important um, as, as we are as physicians. You know that I've, I've been asked, why are you collaborating or why are you inviting the W? I've been so many females and I was like, why don't? I mean, right. why are even you asking things like this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, why are you asking things like this? And you, you think that the differences still exist? There's something that you really need to rethink about your, not your practice anymore. This is about your mentality. You yeah. really need to change this because in the future, who is going to fail is not going to be you. If the people that are going after you, if you're not teaching them this, it's going to be a problem. You're right. It's, it's a big disservice to our patients as well as to our future physicians I, without this sort of without proper education and an open mind um, and knowing what what is the what is the data? I mean, it's this isn't stuff that's made up. <laughs> you know, this isn't stuff that this is. There are guidelines for uh, for this. And there are people out there who benefit from proper gender affirming care. And I and I and I have to credit you, Pua, because I, I do think that using like platforms that you do have, like you said, consistency and credibility allows you to bring some of these very important topics that to me don't need to be so controversial, but they are sadly yeah. in this day and age. And so I, I, I hear you. I hear you completely. We, we have discrimination on, on the fact that how you appearing on social media. You remember that the paper that come, came out two years ago, what, two years ago, we left years ago, like credibility of, of residents on social media, how they do appear. It was on, a, on what was neurosurgery or vascular surgery. I was yeah. like, are we really thinking about, like, like we, you really publishing papers like this? Who's the editor? You judging my credibility on how I do appear on social media? All right. So if you look at my social media, I will appear probably a dumb or, or you know, a not professional one. Because you're just watching me eating or drinking with a friend of mine or celebrating with my daughter, like right. a very, you know, silly person. This is not the way that we should act. The credibility that you place on your, on your work is not, should not be based on social media platform. Of course, I do agree that there's always limits, but discrimination at the fullest like this should not be considered anymore. This is my right. opinion, but you know, yeah. gender diversity, colors, all this stuff is not important anymore. If we really think about this and we keep talking about this without doing anything, we really, we, we can talk about, you know, fighting pandemic. We really need to fight ignorance, which is the, the real virus. We don't have vaccines for that. <laughs> right. That's true. Racism, health equity health disparities, for sure. And I have to say, you know, 
I think whether it's um, one-on-one discussions with your trainee or your partners to, hey, we have a talk on this on Mesa Center or on Backtable, we have more podcasts. I think that there's a way to have, and like you said, it's conversations, it's the discussion, and that's maybe not the quote vac- uh, vaccine for this, <laughs> but it, it's only, it's, it's steps to hopefully have more open-mindedness or intelligent co- conversations where, so that marginalized people are not continued to be marginalized because yeah. we're, we're doctors, whether you're the, for me, I'm the super subspecialized pediatric <laughs> ENT with skull-based practice. At the end of the day, that doesn't matter. Those patients will still, I still, my responsibility as a doctor is to take care of how can I help this, this overall well-being of this human being. So it's, it's definitely something that uh, we're, here as well in Texas and in the United States um, as a whole. So it's global. <laughs> it's worldwide. As we wrap up, uh, I just want to tell you thank you so much, Puya, for your time. I love what you do. I think um, the virtual Green Rounds is amazing. Um, I love checking out who's been on and hearing talks and also joining in the live feed. I think that conversation, the ability to talk uh, across the world at the same time is amazing. Um, do you have any other final pearls that you want to leave us with before we uh, have to put a pin in it? Yeah, I would um, I would like to ask all the listeners, if you're interested in uh, anything new in rhinology and ENT in general, stay tuned for some news. And if you don't have any idea that you would like to develop you know, from from instrument to technology i think that our ethical members uh, oh i forgot to tell you we also establish an ethical committee inside of the association and we have a professional from all around the world i'm very glad that that you know um colleagues from uh, Stanford, like Zara Patel, John De Gaudio, and colleagues from uh, Austria, like uh, uh, Peter Valentin, Thomas Each, uh, and all of, all of my friends worldwide, Janet Kiran from India, they joined and we established an uh, ethical committee inside of the association for bringing up some more studies. If you're interested in developing new ideas, please do send any inquiry or anything inside of uh, through our um, email we will always listen to every suggestion so if you have really if you really want to get the possibility to make it happen we are the good partners to get it done and uh, you can go and send uh, an email to associazionenazosano at uh, gmail.com or you can you know just uh, search me on on the internet and send me some information or you can get to Gopi, uh, to Gopi and she she can somehow make it happen with me. <laughs> for sure. I was going to say, I'll make sure on our show notes on our uh, website for Backtable that we have uh, the email and, uh, you know, how they how people listeners can find you and be a part of what you're yeah. doing. And, and, and I hope we I really hope that we can somehow establish a good connection from with the American society also, because I've also tried to establish a collaboration with international societies. Right now, we're doing a lot of collaboration with colleagues from the United States, but societies are something that is really 3.0. And, but I, I'm, I'm, 
I do like to make it happen sometimes to provide also in the United States some grants from our association. Who knows, might be another instrument kit for the <laughs> private practice of yours. <laughs> I think that sounds great. Hopefully we can make sure the American Rhinologic Society is listening to this today. <laughs> we'll make sure we uh, put, plug, give, make sure we, we get this uh, to them as well. Well, thank you so much again, Puya. We've mentioned Zara Patel's name a couple of times. I just, I've never met her. I follow her work. I go to her talks. And the mo one of the most important things I think she did um, when COVID started happening and coming into the U.S., especially sort of those last two weeks of March is she was the one, and whether it was because she had international colleagues, but had written a letter that got passed around social media about the importance of protecting yourself at work, how people are getting it from sinus and skull-based cases, and what kind of standards that, or what, what do we need to think about and do? And I, I will tell you that letter, I think, helped push our societies here, whether it was ARS to our American Society of Pediatric Odo, any aerosol generating. I, mean, I don't think as a field, we were really thinking about any of that stuff. So she put her voice out there, used her social media connections for a really positive cause. And that takes a lot of guts. And so hopefully I can, maybe I can reach out to her and get her on the show as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. And let me, let me say also, thank you to Sarah White. We, we met very, very few times during our international conferences. Uh, Sarah introduced me to the WIR. And then I've, uh, I've had the possibility to join and know Jivian and Lina and all the members from the from WRR really like that interaction, like female interaction. And the fact that you having a, a, a WR, like a special section for female, means that there's still something that is not going in the right direction. But at the same time, there's attention for that. So yeah. keep strong. And there's a lot of activities. If, if anyone missed the WRR segments uh, invited for the International Ground Round, they talked last time about fungal rhinosinusitis. You can watch it on our YouTube channel too. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for our listeners for stopping by and any new listeners who came on today. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at underscore Backtable ENT. We love feedback. Reach out to us for topics, ideas, speakers, or if you ever want to come on the show. And I think that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars, and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, direct message us at underscore Backtable ENT on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Backtable ENT is hosted by Gopi Shaw and Ashley Agan. Our audio team lead is Kieran Yen, with support from Caleb Hodson and Ness Smith-Savadoff. Design and digital marketing led by Brian Schmitz, with support from Taylor's version Hess. Social media and PR by Chi Ding. Thanks again for listening and see you next week. <laughs>